You're listening to the Market Expert Show. I'm Daryl Baskin of EXP Realty on your home for success, 105.7. My guest, Zach Enlow with Enlow Law. The appellate court decision for uh, or against landlords, as I'm understanding it. Zach, tell us what has happened. I represented a landlord in, in a particular case recently that had tenants that had a large family that lived there, six kids, I believe, and a couple dogs. Anyways, residential property was abnormally high in value, particularly for rentals. It was about $550,000 home, I believe, somewhere yeah. around that number. A uh, rather large house with a lot of individuals, a lot of foot traffic. I think the tenants were there for a couple of years. Anyways, uh, once they vacated the premises, they did not follow the procedure to pay uh, any alleged damages that the landlord uh, had claimed. There was a, a rather large security deposit, but not that much. And so essentially, the landlord claimed around $15,000 in damages. We get to court and the opposing side argues that, well, based on the statutes as it controls with landlord-tenant, the Oklahoma Landlord-Tenant uh, Act, Tenant Act yeah. the statute section 132 particularly says that a landlord cannot go to court they, they are barred from recovering damages in court unless they themselves have fixed all of the damages that the tenant has caused and then sue on the damages. And so what that means is, and what I argued in my appellate briefing, is that statutes are not supposed to be interpreted to create an absurdity. And the appellate court disagreed with me, but, what it, but they did agree with me that the mathematical certainty is this. If you are a landlord, and a tenant hypothetically causes $20,000 worth of property damage to your property, and the tenant admits it, if you can't pay all $20,000 to resolve those damages, then you can't go to court to recover it. That's crazy. It's insane. Because it's, it's, it's absolutely against axiomatic American property law, which is if you damage my property, I don't have to fix it. You still got to pay it. Of course, like an insurance company. If you file a claim, you've been paying insurance. You file exactly. a claim. Your roof is damaged because of hail, storm, whatever. The insurance company pays you for that claim. You don't have to fix it. Now, you have a problem on your hands because you haven't fixed your roof, but you can deal with that problem however you choose. Well, it happens all the time with vehicles. If you get a hail damage to your car, you own the car. The insurance company cuts you a check for hail damage. Many people do not fix their car. They just take the check. So here's the cycle that's going to develop from this, uh, and I'm going to ask your opinion on a solution. But once your property is damaged, if you can't afford to fix it up, now this is how people become slumlords. There's damage to a property. It continually declines in its condition. You always get each subsequent tenant is less and lower and lower quality because who wants to live in a you-know-what hole? And then yep. you, you end up with this bad property. This is how we end up with bad neighborhoods because people, they're not being maintained. Landlords aren't taking care of it, and it becomes slummy. So this is a forced issue that's not an individual's issue, but a court actually creating the problem. That's right. And so the point of courts is, you know, supposed to interpret the law, but when there's questions, it's not supposed to create disincentives or negative incentives. And so what will happen here from this case, as soon as landlords around the state start getting wind of this, whether they would admit it or not, they're going to start heavily discriminating against tenants. Sure. Okay. Why would you rent to someone? If you know that you can't collect against them unless, number one, you pay for all of their damages, and then two, they're somehow collectible. It has a reverse effect of locking people out of potential housing because they don't meet the highest standards. 
Exactly. Landlords are going to naturally take every precaution to protect themselves from having to eat costs. And what's really unfair is landlords in that middle zone that say, for example, let's say someone committed $7,500 worth of damage to the property over a two-year period. And let's say that landlord they've had trouble in their own personal life and they can't afford to fix the $7,000. They can only afford 1,500 bucks. The court is telling, is saying, too bad landlord should have never had a rental. Yeah, this is this is criminal. It's like the court creating the crime. It's, it's, yeah, right. it's crazy. What's, here's what's really frustrating from a legal perspective is that I don't take issue so much with the court because what they said was, this is what the statute says. Now I had a lengthy argument about that's actually not what the statute says. Because, of course, think about it intuitively. Oklahoma is a conservative state, okay? They're going to be more property friendly. This is not California. This is not New York City that would protect tenants at all costs. But the, the drafting of the statute was poor, okay? It doesn't give any clarity about what it actually, in my opinion, what it means. Now, this appellate court disagreed with me and said, no, it means that a landlord can't go to court. They're statutorily barred from claiming any damage unless they pay for it themselves. But let me back up on this and say, so there are times when in the process of a, a legal dispute, you discover that a statute is just poorly written. The law needs to be changed. That's what you're saying. In this yes. case, is the statute poorly written or was it just a really bad interpretation by the court? In your opinion? No, I, and, and frankly, I don't find the interpretation. I disagree with the interpretation. I don't find it to be bad, frankly. This is the argument, and to truncate the complexity of the argument. The statute says a landlord's got to, quote unquote, cause work to be done and then submit, and this is where the key is, and then submit an itemized bill for that work or the reasonable value thereof. So my argument was, or reasonable value thereof says, well, I'm submitting a quote for what the damage was. I just haven't got it fixed. Sure. The Supreme Court or the appellate court and opposing counsel argued, no, no, no. That says that you have to fix it first. Yeah, I didn't okay, hear even that. That doesn't apply in any other aspect of American property law. That's what they said the statute says. And the court said verbatim, we acknowledge my argument's policy concerns, but that's what the statute says. So the point going forward is, you have to call the landlords, the lobbyists for the landlords, the landlord organizations, they got to call the legislation and have this statute revised or rewritten to show that all they have to say is a landlord will submit a bill for work that's been done or submit a bill that work for, for damage that's estimated. And then you can get into a litigation about how if that's a reasonable amount or whatnot. But they just need to add in that one aspect. Yeah, this could be crippling. So uh, how do we refer to this? 30 seconds, how do we refer to this, uh, Zach, to let our legislators know? It's a big deal. Yeah, I, I think uh, anybody with property should call their local reps uh, in the state house or state senate, whoever they can make access to, and explain to them that this is just another example of punishing landlords in modern times by poor drafting, poor legislative drafting. They get a hold of this, they're gonna change the, the statute. Section what of the Oklahoma Landlord and Tenant Act? Section 132. Uh, great. Zach, so thankful that I'm on your mailing list and getting these updates to know what is happening. What's your yes, uh, website and how do you get signed up for your, your data? Website is uh, inlo.law, short, inlo, my last name, E-N-L-O-W, dot law. And then you want to get on my, my mailing list, my monthly mailing list or, or bi-monthly mailing list, email me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at inlo.law. Uh, and I'll keep you up to date on some criminal rulings, criminal conduct that we're involved with, real estate, civil litigation, all the stuff that we touch. Good stuff. Thank you, Zach. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're listening to The Market Experts Show with EXP Realty. I'm Daryl Baskin.